Hello and welcome to Just a Guy and his journey back to God. Today we're in chapter 44 of Genesis. And before we go there, let's let's go to God in prayer. Lord, thank you. Thank you for this day and thank you for your word. I'm grateful for who you are and what you've what you've done. And so, Father, I just lift up today as we read that we would learn more about you, that you would give, give us guidance, give us wisdom. Holy Spirit, may it be you who teaches us. May it be your message that we hear nothing from me, but everything from you. I just pray, Father, for your guidance and your wisdom and your insights. I love you and I thank you. In Jesus' name, amen. So, chapter 44 starts out... Um, the next day, after they had been feasted, all the brothers had been feasted by, by Joseph. The interesting thing is that Joseph is really playing a role, a significant role, that he wants to make sure that the brothers have changed, you know, that their hearts are, are different today. And it's literally two decades that he's been in Egypt. And, you know, so, so in chapter uh, 44, He's really unknown to his brothers. And so let's go ahead and just get started with verse 1. Now Joseph gave these instructions to the steward of his house. Fill the men's sack, sacks with as much food as they can carry and put each man's silver in the mouth of the sack. Then put my cup, the silver one, in the mouth of the youngest one's sack so that along with the silver for his grain. And he did as Joseph said. So again, he's testing his brother's. He's testing their their hearts. Have they changed at all? Have they been reformed? After what they did to him, how are they going, going to respond to a crisis with their younger brother where they could be killed? You know, in Egypt and in Rome and elsewhere, when, when one person in a family did something wrong, everyone was held accountable. And executing individuals and entire families was fairly common to just you know spread the uh, the pain throughout everyone. Verse three, as morning dawned, the men were sent on their way with their donkeys. They had not gone far from the city when Joseph said to his steward, "Go after the, those men at once, and when you catch up with them, say to them, "Why have you repaid good with evil? Isn't this the cup my master drinks from, and also uses for divination? This is a wicked thing you have done." So Joseph's really playing that role of the pagan um, Egyptian leader. He doesn't do divination. He doesn't do, he, he talks to God. God is with him. And yet he's maintaining this, this facade for his brothers to really test them. When he caught up with them, he repeated these words to them. But they said to him, Why does my Lord say such things? Far be it from your servants to do anything like that. We even brought back to you from the land of Canaan the silver we found inside the mouths of our sacks. Yeah, but they waited a long time. So why would we steal silver or gold from your master's house? If any of your servants is found to have it, he will die, and the rest of us will become my Lord's slaves. Very well then, he said. Let it be as you say, whoever is found to have it will become my slave. The rest of you will be free from blame. So right there, they were given grace and shown grace because he knew what was going to happen. And he didn't want them all to die. 
He knew Joseph wouldn't want that. Each of them quickly lowered his sack to the ground and opened it. Then the steward proceeded to search, beginning with the oldest and ending with the youngest. And the cup was found in Benjamin's sack. At this, they tore their clothes. Then they all loaded their donkeys and returned to the city. Right there, again, you see a change in the brothers. They have been convicted over the the decades of having what they thought, you know, Joseph was probably dead, having sold him into slavery. And God graced them with, uh, with guilty conscience. God was with Joseph and rescuing him and giving him wisdom and whatnot. And he was with his brothers too, but he was giving them a much different experience. But they, they had changed and they had started to change. And they could have all left. They could have left Benjamin to go deal with this on his own. But they all turned around and they went back. Joseph was still in the house when Judah and his brothers came in. And they threw themselves to the ground before him. Joseph said to them, What is this you have done? Don't you think a man like me can find things out by divination? What can we say to my Lord? Judah replied. What can we say? How can we prove our innocence? God has uncovered your servant's guilt. We are now my Lord's slaves. We ourselves and the one who was found to have the cup. But Joseph said, Far be it from me to do such a thing. Only the man who was found to have the cup will become my slave. The rest of you, go back to your father in peace. Then Judah went up to him and said, Which this now takes a lot of courage. He had to go to this leader of Egypt and try to change his mind and speaking up and countering what the decision was again often resulted in death pardon your servant my lord let me speak a word to my lord do not be angry with your servant though you are equal to pharaoh himself my lord asked his servants do you have a father or a brother and we answered we have an aged father and there's a young son born to him in his old age his brother is dead and he is the only one of his mother's sons left, and his father loves him. Then you said to your servants, Bring him down so that bring him down to me so I can see him for myself. And we said to my Lord, The boy cannot leave his father. If he leaves him, his father will die. But you told your servants, unless your servant's brother, your youngest brother, comes down with you, you will not see my face again. When we went back to your your servant, my father, we told him what my Lord had said. Then your father said, go back and buy a little more food. But we said, we can't go down. Only if our youngest brother is with us will we go. We cannot see the man's face unless our youngest brother is with us. Your servant, my father, said to us, you know that my wife bore me two sons. One of them went away from me. And I said, he has surely been torn to pieces. And I have not seen him since. If you take this one from me too and harm comes to him, you will bring my gray head down to the grave in misery. So now if the boy is not with us, when I go back to your servant, my father, and if my father, whose life is closely bound up with the boy's life, sees that the boy isn't there, he will die. Your servants will bring the gray, gray head of our father down to the grave in sorrow. Your servant guaranteed the boy's safety to my father, I said, if I do not bring him back to you, I will bear the blame before you, my father, all my life. 
Now then, please let your servant remain here as my Lord's slave in place of the boy, and let the boy return to his, with his brothers. <clears throat> How can I go back to my father if the boy is not with me? No, do not let me see the misery that would come on my father. So what a remarkable difference and change that is being shown by Judah. He went from so many years ago, really just, you know, joining the, the team to, to kill Joseph to being a pretty bad guy with, with sleeping with, with prostitutes and other stuff like that too, to now he's willing to sacrifice himself completely for his brothers and his dad. He's changed a lot. And that change is really what Jesus offers us because Joseph is the example of Jesus in the Old Testament, or he's an example. He was brought to earth. He was born. He lived. He was wise. He was good. He was, he was good. He was then killed by those who should have loved him or they thought they killed him, but he was sold and went away. And for two decades, he wasn't seen. But God was with him because he is God, not Joseph, Jesus. And after those two decades, he shows grace to his brothers. In the uh, book, the speaking, preaching the word commentary, it says, during the two decades that had been, that began with Joseph's brothers selling him into Egypt, God was, only with, was not only with Joseph, as chapter 39 so emphatically repeats, but was also with his brothers, though in a very different way. God never gave their consciences rest. During their first visit, recounted in 40, chapter 42, God graced his bro- the brothers with guilt, fear, and sorrow. I say graced because they knew they were guilty. Their fear was godly fear, and they mourned over the effects of their sin. The posture of grace was taking shape in their lives. Then, during the first day of their second visit to Egypt, as told in chapter 43, the brothers experienced an unexpected shower of mercy, as Joseph's steward greeted them with peace, shalom, assured them that the money in their bags was from God, and released Simeon to them. They were again greeted with peace by Joseph, incognito, and feasted long into the night. Now, as we take up chapter 44, we will, re- we will witness a life-altering transformation of the brothers. That will variously involve conscience, repentance, enlarged sympathies, intercession, sacrifice, and substitution, all wrapped in a growing brotherly love that speaks of Christ. So that's the transformation that happens to us. God never forgives, forgets about us. He doesn't give up on us, as we've seen. He didn't give up on these brothers. And he continues to work with them despite their shortcomings. And he continues to provide grace to them. He touches them in ways that causes them to know they need forgiveness, that they need to change and repent. He continues to touch them and work his mercies through Jesus. So now when we think about this and we see the repentance and the change in Judah, That's the change that we make. And as I've been going through this, reading the Old Testament, reading Genesis, I've struggled a lot with understanding 
the relationship between God and me. But I'm starting to see a lot more in this relationship. I've always maintained and thought that God was just kind of, everything was just moving by plan. It was step by step by step, and it is. But I forget that Jesus is excited about me. The angels rejoice when I repent. When I repented and accepted Christ, they rejoiced. There was great fun and celebration in heaven. Same thing when you did. And so the relationship I've had of a stoic Jesus, a stoic God, is one that's changing, and it'll change also in chapter 45, where we see Joseph and his reaction with his brothers. So with that, let's go ahead and go to God in prayer. Lord, I thank you for this time. I thank you for your word. I'm grateful for all that you do. And I just pray, Father, that you continue to work in my life. I thank you that my daughter and I have reconciled somewhat. I pray that the hurt's removed, or at least the comfort is there for it. And I just pray that as we move on, that we understand more about you, that our hearts and our minds would be open. My heart, my mind would be open to who you are and how you love me. I thank you for Joseph. I thank you for your word. I thank you for Jesus. And I thank you for your grace. It's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Hey, thanks for joining me at Just a Guy and his journey back to God. I hope you have a great day.